sorry. It's been so long. Oh, we just wanted to make them want us even more. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, um, what have, uh, well we're Glee cast, first of all. Yeah, I'm Erica. I'm Emily. But if you're listening, you know that. Yeah, you just have kind of forgotten our voices. And now yeah. I'm sure you won't be able to tell us apart. Exactly. Um, so where have we been this past month, Erica? Well, there was a week where I was just really busy. Like on, <sighs> I had tickets to a lot of things. <sighs> On Sunday, I went to go... Wait, what did I go to? Oh, I'm such a social butterfly. Oh, no, it was on Saturday. I'm I'm out on the town. Wait, I can't even remember now. On a Sunday, or on on Saturday, I had Glee, and then, like, on Tuesday, there was uh, family issues, and then on Wednesday, we had to go to... Oh, not we had to go to. I had Conan O'Brien tickets. Oh, Erica had to go to Conan O'Brien. The show wouldn't have been on without her. And then on Thursday, I had tickets to another concert that my boyfriend's friends had bought for us that we could not go. What concert? It was, um... Yeah? You see how much I remember. Oh, her life is so busy, she can't even remember the details. My phone's Erica ran for president, either. but she doesn't even remember what she ran for president of. <laughs> That's how exciting her life is. No, we had a really fun time at the show. It was. It just wasn't bands that I normally listen to, so... So you're not going to endorse them here. I, I you're can. You're not going to share that with anybody. I literally forget their names. Wow. Um, and then after that, I had um, Taylor Swift tickets, and I spent the weekend in Boston with our BFF oh. and special guest star Lisa. So it was just a very busy week. And then after that very, very, very busy week, I got very, very, very sick. Well, and I like basically didn't have a voice for a week. And I had actually had to go to the... Maybe if you didn't go to so many concerts doctor. where you're screaming and throwing your bra at Taylor Lautner, <laughs> this wouldn't happen. Taylor Lautner wasn't there. They broke up. Oh, I um, know these things. Justin Bieber was there, though. But I did not scream and throw my bra at him. In fact, I tried to run away and leave, but I couldn't. Fright- I See, I'm not scared of him. I'm scared of the people that would be around him. Yeah, it was like, a little I, nerve-wracking. Because I can imagine being in that, like... Just the kind of thing where, like, once you know he's there, it's like you never want to be in the same room as the president because somebody mm. could try to assassinate the president and you're there. Same thing would be there just because it would be all those, like, 45-year-old women that have a really inappropriate crush on a 15-year-old boy. Yeah, it was also, um, it was at Gillette Stadium, so it was, like, 50,000-plus people. It was yeah. crazy. And they're all, like, 13-year-old girls. Yeah, it was pretty intense, mothers. but um, it was worth seeing Taylor Swift because I heart her. Wow, my life She's seems awesome. really dull in the past month. Well, um, oh, I, I take did, responsibility. It's my fault. I apologize. I did do one thing that was really exciting. Well, um, I learned about Scientology. Oh. Yeah. It was uh, last week. I was went down to a bar to watch the Mets Yan- Met Yankee game and um, got very drunk in the process and was a little sad after because the Mets lost. And that really made my life difficult Monday at work because I live and work in the Bronx. So <laughs> that's never good as a Met fan. Um, but then, like, I'm leaving. I'm with my brother and his girlfriend. We're like, what should we do? We're like, oh, the Scientology Center's right here. We're, we're totally bored. It's really hot. We're like, let's go because it's air conditioned. Let's watch the free video. So we walk in. We watch the free video. Um, the room that we go in, it's like this tiny little room with a big screen. And as soon as we sit down, just the three of us, we're really drunk at this point. So we're like, you know, kind of talking, but, like, but we're convinced. I'm like, you know there's got to be a camera. They're go- they have to be watching us somewhere. I'm like, it's probably in the thermostat right there. Like, I could tell. Um, but whatever. We, like, you know, we're sitting down just to enjoy whatever they have to offer us. Um, and it started off exactly how you'd expect it with all these, like, really good-looking people putting on suits and, like, walking down the street and going to work and, like, looking really successful. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I guess this is what they're going to do. But then it turns into this, for some reason... Like, 1955 set story about a football player who gets injured playing football. So then he's in the hospital, and you're kind of led to believe that he'll never walk again. You know, so it's really, it's really sad. 
Uh, he's in the hospital. His girlfriend or fiance comes to visit him, and it's like you know she's got that like perfect little fifties look, or like her hair is like perfectly like folded over and everything, and she's like trying to talk him. You know, she wants to dance with him at the wedding and everything else <laughs> like that. But he's like, "There's no hope for me," because previously the doctors had come in and said like, "There's no hope." Because mm-hmm. and then the doctors keep talking about how they're going to do like electric th- shock therapy on him, because that's what doctors do. They're really bad people. Yep. Um, so then, you know, as she's about to leave, she gives him something. She gives him a book. The book is called Dianetics. Of course and she is. says, your friends wanted me to give this to you. And then she walks away. Um, so then he takes the book and just starts reading it out loud. And just, that's literally what he's doing. He's reading it in voiceover. We hear about how the human body is limited by the mind and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like two minutes of him reading about Scientology mm-hmm. to us. And then cut to the next scene where the doctors are walking down the hallway, like, with their, like, electric shock gizmos ready to, like, start torturing the guy. And he gets out of bed and, like, puts on his, like, Letterman jacket and, like, <laughs> screw you, doctors. I'm going Scientology. And he leaves and the doctors are like, Because, you know, doctors are really bad. Um, and then it's, like, ten years later, he has a son. And he's playing, like, with the kid on the lawn. And that's it. And that's it. (laughs) It's like, what I don't understand is uh, Scientology has a lot of money behind it. Like, and they have a lot of resources. It's probably like 6% of Hollywood royalty are Scientologists. Mm -hmm. You would think that they get these like million dollar donations from like, you know, every time Tom Cruise or John Travolta like ducks a gay rumor, they probably give like another million to Scientology. (laughs) And yet this is the video they're giving us. Yeah. It was very strange. That's so, very strange. needless to say, I am not a Scientologist. They did not sway me over. I am glad. Yeah. We don't need to start losing podcasters to Scientology. That's true. That's true. I wonder if there's a podcast about Scientology. I'm sure there is, but it's probably super creepy. Oh, God, yeah. All right, so let's talk about Glee. Oh, yeah, we're here to talk about Glee. I wonder <laughs> if anybody on Glee is a Scientologist. I hope not. Peggy from Mad Men is a Scientologist. Is she? Yeah, Arthur? I know. She was just in Get Him to the Greek with Russell Brand yeah, and Jonah Hill. Probably because she got the part through Scientology. <laughs> but anyway, um, we have some feedback. Uh, feedback was oddly... Now, um, let's say first, we're, we're today we're recording our episode about... Funk. I don't. The, I'm guessing the episode was called Funk, because yeah. that was a magic word. Yeah, that's what it's called. Okay, um, so we're recording this episode today, and then next week we'll come back with um, the... Special guest. Special guest star, Mel by Force, uh, as we record the finale, the finale episode. episode yeah. Not the Gleecast finale episode, but the but finale the episode season of, finale Glee. of Glee. Um, which is good, because it gives me time to not cry. Yeah. Because I would be sobbing right now. Um, but, uh, episode eight, 2.10, eight episode 20-something, yeah. our something. eighth episode I of the uh, and it was about funk. It was. Um, we're going to start with some feedback yep. about that episode in particular. Uh, do you want me to start with Ashley's sure. email? Okay, this email is from Ashley. Ashley writes, hi, ladies. Well, funk was quintessential what the funk episode so far this season. I can't believe I didn't see the sexual tension between Will and Sue earlier. With that much anger between them, it boils into something kind of indescribable. If love and hate are the strongest emotions known to the human condition, Will and Sue never meet at the center, but this dance they're doing is completely ran by these extremes. And big up to Sandy, and nice seeing the eccentric smarmster, for dishing about vocal adrenaline. Nice to know how th- that they have a pulse point new directions can pick. But bad idea showing vocal adrenaline what they do have in their arsenal. Just a bad move all around. Because now they're going to work on devising a plan to break their own ice to upstage their funk. It would it would have been better to have that to the 
to have that a shock to their system during regionals. You know, blow their confidence when it's at an even higher all-time high. What's that old saying? Never show other players all your cards. And how is it that vocal adrenaline can vandalize New Direction's choir room, but they don't have to clean it up? As Puck and Finn's classic payback of slashing tires, I would have loved to hear them saying, I slashed the tires on your car, <laughs> just like Mercedes by Kurt's busted windows of the near past. And Puck and Finn had to pay for the damages? I'm calling all types of fouls and biases on that mess of a solution. If Puck and Finn have to put in their dues, so do those drones. It seemed almost a slap in the face for Mercedes to dismiss Quinn's attempt at funk, although James Brown's It's a Man's 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 World would be considered classic soul-slash-Motown-esque. But I think Mercedes was responding to the racially specific genre of funk, not based on Shu's description of funk being about soul and anger. Funk definitely has its elements of soul, but in my opinion, it has never come close to anger. Except for maybe Cameo's Word Up, Think Steve Carell doing the karaoke number in The 40-Year-Old Virgin for giggles. Funk is party music. It's about having fun, not about being down. But I can understand how they infused it in the episode, although it didn't fit the tone. And I do appreciate the musical diversity, genre, and old-school-wise that they bring pretty much each week. But back to my point. After everything Quinn has genuinely done to be an ear and shoulder of support for Mercedes, for her now not to show any love after her solo, well, seemed rather odd. Yes, the solo was a little awkward and distracting to see chicks in maternity suits execute synchronized moves. And it wasn't like Quinn saying, say it loud, I'm black and proud. Then I could completely understand her side eye. What she did was actually tap into the way she's been feeling. There was a lot of ambiguity up there about being an outsider at the end. When Mercedes thought it cool for Quinn to live with her, although I felt that came a little out of left field. Since when were they that close? Did I miss something? Forgive me for another long email. Loving the show, your chemistry, guest speakers, and others' opinions. And deepest apologies for getting Mike Chang's name wrong. <laughs> I've already sent myself to my room in a very dark corner for the offense. Ashley from BuriedInABookCrypt.blogspot.com, we forgive you. Yes. Uh, now, a lot of great points in there. Uh, sexual tension between Will and Sue. Did you feel it prior to this episode? No. Hmm. I just felt hatred. I felt hatred, I except I've, for I the, um, whenever they talk really closely, which they had, that yeah, was one episode a while back where it was like when, um, They get like nose to nose. Yeah, and, and when then she's like, I'm, you know, I'm going to, and then like he hugs her and she's like, I'm going to puke on your back. Mm -hmm. Like, it's the old, whenever you see, um, a baseball manager arguing with an umpire and all you want them to do is kiss. <laughs> like, that's the tension. I, I like sense it here and there, but we'll get to what it was yeah. like to see it fully <laughs> explored in this episode. Um, now, bad idea about showing vocal adrenaline. I don't uh, think so because the the give up the funk number at the end. It wasn't. It, it wasn't, wasn't a regional number. number. Yeah, it was just to say, look, we can have we can show yeah. emotion and you can't. Yeah, and, and I, I think that was a good. Play yeah, on their absolutely. Part. And I think. Um, I mean, this goes into next week, but that is what New Directions has over vocal adrenaline. Right, is that they are, they uh, you know, they have emotions and yeah. they're not just soulless Machines. automatrons. Yeah, exactly. Um, now the, I too, um, wow, I slashed the tires on your car. I would have <laughs> loved, like, just a quick moment when they're doing that, where you just see Puck, like, I slashed the tires on your car, <laughs> and then, like, cut to, like, the next scene. Yeah. Um, I think we've seen this bias towards Glee Club the entire season, so that didn't seem new to me. No, and clearly, the, the bias is super clear, because the vocal adrenaline has 26 Range Rovers. Exactly. Like, of and I mean, they yeah. didn't have to clean And then it up Figgins themselves. is like flirting with uh, Shelby. Yeah. So, you know, that, that you know. 
Um, now that just seemed par, par for the course for, for New Directions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, now, uh, regarding funk, as we know, I'm not a music person. Yeah. I don't know funk very well. Me neither. So I, I, I was okay with the episode. And I guess maybe that's what they were depending on is people not being people super not familiar funk. with the, the genre yeah. of funk. But yeah, I do think of like, if somebody said like, what do you think of funk prior to this episode? I would have thought, oh, funk is like funky town. Funk <laughs> is like, you know, just that, like sort of like music that you're supposed to like dance to, but it's not necessarily to a beat, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it's a good point. I think I think it was two separate things. I think it was like, Funk like that, like, look what you can do because you have emotions. You can, like, go off the course. Mm-hmm. And it was the whole episode about being in a funk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Quinn Mercedes. Mercedes. I, th- I think that they've been close for a few episodes now. I, would I think agree. after the um, after the beautiful episode and, um, you know, Quinn and... Quinn's moment with Mercedes where she talked about her body and eating for two and all mm-hmm. that. I think that that's sort of where their friendship formed. And yeah, I've, I've felt that thread going through the last few episodes where there's kind of, I don't know if we've you seen just, it specifically, but, even but like it, when they went to watch, for example, vocal adrenaline a few weeks ago, yeah, it was um, Rachel, it was Quinn Rachel and Mercedes. And, Mercedes. Yeah. and like, yeah, it just seemed like, okay, yeah, because Quinn and Mercedes are probably hanging out now. Yeah. Rachel was like, Mercedes, let's go. And Mercedes was like, all right, all right well, let, me, let Quinn. me bring my new yeah. BFF Quinn. So, yeah, I also bought it. So I, I, I definitely bought it. And I think it was very sweet, but we'll talk about it later. Yeah, yeah that's, I mean, one of my favorite things about Glee has been different kinds of relationships that you don't normally see. Um, like this, you know, father-son and everything mm-hmm. else. And I do like this, like... And this is, we'll get into this when we go into the episode, but, like, the Puck-Finn relationship, I really liked in the beginning of the season. Yeah. You know, just this, like, you don't really see high school friends that much. Uh, You know, it's typically, like, love story or just, like, oh, they get into a fight and that's that. Mm -hmm. So I like seeing, like, the foundation of a friendship. It's kind of neat to me. Um, Is there anything else in Ashley's or should we move on? Um, I think we're good. Okay. Um, We will totally get to um, Quinn's dance number. Yeah, we don't worry. We'll get to that. Oh, believe me. Um, do you want to read? Uh, we had one email that I forgot to yes. print out from Diane or Diana. Diana, I think. Wait, okay. let me get there. I'm clicking. This was the heartwarming email that yeah, made us both we feel really loved fuzzy. This email, I I get all the the emails to my BlackBerry because I'm super high tech, and um, <laughs> my phone like <laughs> my phone meanwhile doesn't have. I call my phone like the um. Oh, it's it wearing have a ass- back. It's wearing assless chaps. I call it yeah, because it's naked. missing. I lost the cover to the battery. Um, I can text on my phone. Great, right? It's exciting. <laughs> but I got this email and I read it and then I immediately texted Emily and was like, we just got the most awesome email. I love it. So it's from Diana and she says, I cannot believe I'm writing this. I'm 48 years old, addicted to Glee. My teenagers like it and think it's weird that I'm so addicted. More importantly, where are you? The other podcasts are lame. I cannot decide what to think about the end of the season without hearing from you. That's not entirely true, but I still want to hear from you. Oh, and we were both and it was like, very oh. sweet and I was we very excited were, we were about it. Excited that, about you know, yeah. it's not just our friends who listen to us. Right, right. <laughs> it made us feel good. Yeah. Um, so thank yeah. you. So where were we? We were exploring we Scientology just, and, and throwing Erica's bra at um, Taylor, Taylor Swift. Swift. Yeah. Uh, and now we have one more email yep, from, from Sean from horrorcommentary.com. Uh, do you want to read it? Do you want me to read it? Um, Should we draw I, straws? It's okay. I, I'll read it, I guess. All right. You can read it. I'm going to um, eat a nacho. <laughs> yeah. If you hear crunching, we're, we're eating chips. 
So today's episode is brought to us by um, Backman's Tortilla Chips. Yes. Uh, they're pretty great, and apparently they've been great since 1884. So that's our, our public service announcement for today. Okay, so Sean says, Hello to the fantastical fountains of further fantasticness that are Emily and Erica. As I shed a tear for the end of season one and further salivate over the prospect of season two, I had a question for each, uh, for each of Glee fans out there. Who is the MVP of Glee for season one? I nominate the following. One, Leah Michelle, Rachel. Two, Matthew Morrison, Mr. Shu. Three, Chris Colfer, Kurt. Four, Kevin McHale, Artie. Five, Amber Riley, Mercedes. Six, Heather Morris, Brittany. Seven, Jemiah Mays, Emma. Did I say that? Or Jema? It's Jema. I put in an extra, an extra syllable. Jema Mays, Emma. Eight, Jane Lynch, Sue Sylvester. Nine, Michael Malley, Burt. And ten, Brad Ellis, Brad, because he's always around. <laughs> Uh, besides the obvious Sylvester vote, I would say that the hidden MVP of this season series is of this series is Michael Malley. His self-deprecating style is and quiet nobility in the face of coming to terms with his son's sexuality has been the series' most compelling storyline so far this year. What do you think? As always, love you guys. XOXO, Sean. Thank you, Sean. We love you too. Um, so I think that's a fantastic question. I do too. We think it's such a fantastic question that about- we're making it the question of the week. <laughs> That was my sound effects. That. <laughs> I should have like crunched my chips. That would have been a good sound effect. <laughs> yeah. um, so that is definitely the question that we would like you Glee fans out there to think of for yeah, next week. to answer. Yeah, who is the MVP of season one? Um, you know, uh, trying to think of other awards that can be given, but I think it would just be... I think that's the best one. Because it's cheating to say rookie of the year because they're all rookies yeah so you know um but yeah but we're we're gonna both think of that about that question and, and we will answer, answer you next, next week. week um but now our question we did have a question like a month and a half ago or something um do you remember the question erica it was um a baby name for quinn's baby baby name for quinn's baby did you think of one i did it because i forgot what the question was <laughs> uh i thought of one saved me and thought this of one. morning as i'm like taking the train out here for some reason that's popped into my head and this has to do with the finale and who ended up taking child um you know you could have named the baby Alphaba. Oh. Yeah. Get it? Get it? Like Wicked. Yeah. Yeah. It would be a really stupid (laughs) name to name a kid. Um, But, Will, that's that. As we know, that was not the name that was given. Oh, one thing I wanted to bring up before I forgot. I'm glad I wrote this down. Uh, The Tony Awards. Did you watch the Tony Awards? I did not. Okay. I I remember you texted me. I texted you to to watch it because... Um, uh, Matthew Morrison right. and Leah Michelle were performing. And I performing. didn't even watch the performance afterwards. I forget where I was. I was definitely out somewhere. I don't know where well, I was. Well, you, you essentially saw the performance already by one of them. Um, yeah, if anybody watched the Tony Awards, it's... The Tony Awards have had this problem, and New York Times had an article about it in the past couple of years. It's never been a highly rated award show because it's a theater show. It's a very regional thing, everything else. But, um... They've, what they've been trying to do, and really what Broadway's been trying to do for the past probably 10 years or so, is make people go there with celebrities. So, you know, that's why you have in, you know, like, a, a guest star. I think Grease was the first show to really do it on Broadway in, like, the, this era, I guess, where it was like, it was a celebrity Rizzo every month and so on. And the Tony Awards were just, like, it was more... Hollywood celebrities than Broadway stars, which is a shame. Um, and the guy who owned the New York Jets came out and presented an award. I don't know why. That's weird. Yeah. Um, but it was what was really obnoxious about it was that, like, you had normally, like, the show that's nominated for Best Musical gets the big production number and everything else. 
but yet they had like ragtime which was nominated for best revival the woman literally sang for like 50 seconds and it was a song taken completely out of context it made no sense when you're watching it it wouldn't have the show is closed anyway but it would not have made anybody want to investigate the show further and they do that and then they give all this time to other performers mm-hmm. um and not that I'm mad that Glee got performances mm-hmm. because people probably did tune in for it. Um, so Matthew, so they kept they kept saying, coming up next, Matthew Morrison and, and Leia Michelle, and you're like, oh my god, they're going to perform together. That's amazing. Like we've never really seen that. Uh-huh. And no, they didn't. They Matthew Morrison performed first um, a song. I actually don't know what it was. It was with a lot of dancing. It was like you know, like dancing with girls. It was really cute and everything. And then that ended. And then Leia Michelle came out and sang "Don't Rain in My Parade." Oh. Yeah, so it's like, okay, but seen this a couple times already. Yeah. Um, it was still amazing. I thought she, um, I didn't like her makeup, though. She looked really old, and it was creepy. Um, but, like, you know, what's his name? Jonathan Groff was in the audience, and she was, like, singing it to him. It was cute. It was good, but, I don't know, it was just strange that it, that's what they did. Yeah, that is weird. Mm-hmm. And, um, but Christian Chenoweth was also, like, in there a few times as a presenter, and, you know, like, her, because Sean Hayes was hosting it, so they mm. played off on the whole, like, you know, gay man thing. They kissed and everything. It's like, oh, no, see, gay man can play straight. <laughs> um, but she was also just funny. Like, I, I feel like if um, Kristen Chenoweth was born, like, was kind of her age in, like, the 50s, 60s, she would be a household name. Yeah. Back when, like, that whole, like, triple threat thing was much more, you know, important, I think. Because um, you just realize, like, she can she can stand in front of an audience and still be really funny and charming and everything else. Yeah. So, yeah, but that was my quick review of the Tony Awards, I guess. Okay. I wanted to mention that. Um, all right, so let's take a quick break, and we'll come back with our Glee Cap. We will. We're going to tear the roof off the mother sucker. Tear the roof off the sucker. Tear the roof off. We're going to tear the roof off the mother sucker. Tear the roof off the sucker. Tear the roof off. We're going to tear the roof off the mother sucker. Tear the roof off the sucker. Tear the roof off. We're going to tear the roof off the mother sucker. Tear the roof off the sucker. Recap. One thing that um, I learned via reading other recaps, I don't know if this was absolute or not, but did you hear anything that this episode was supposed to air before the Gaga episode? Really? That's what some have said. Maybe they still went in and like did some changes, but that's what some people said that after the Whedon episode, they like it was. I think two reasons. One was I guess they wanted to keep like the momentum after the Whedon episode and the other thing being they wanted to build more regionals momentum which I mean you had this episode and then regionals as opposed to if this was before Gaga you would have had like um maybe the yeah no I guess that makes sense though Mm -hmm. because uh Jesse's not in the Gaga episode right and it's never really explained where he is right he's just not there yeah, and I guess it would make more sense if you know this episode had come first, and he had said I transferred to, back to Carmel, and then you know he doesn't mm-hmm. have to be in the Gaga episode, and also it would explain why they were kind of upping their game with the Lady Gaga. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
and yeah. why they needed the theatricality. Right, right. I so, actually think that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, and I think that's that's explains part of why this episode was felt really weird for a lot of reasons. I think. I didn't. Think, I I like this episode. I didn't think it felt weird, but we'll okay. talk about it. All so. right. So um, here's what happened. Uh, not necessarily in order. Hey, hey. Jesse transfers, or maybe he already did, back to Carmel High to rejoin Vocal Adrenaline, and it would seem break Rachel's heart. His musical posse stops by McKinley High to terrorize New Directions with toilet paper and Queen. Shaken and insecure, New Directions quickly descends into a funk, which is convenient for two reasons. One, according to Sandy, former coach of the Glee Club at McKinley High, this is the style of music that turns out to be vocal adrenaline's weakness. And two, that's the theme of the episode, made obvious by just how many times the word funk is used. Will assigns the kids a funk number, which Quinn enthusiastically tackles via a weirdly lit chorus line of other unwed expectant teen mothers. Our disthroned celibacy queen discovers that she apparently has a lot in common with Mercedes, uh, I think due to minority status, although for a while I thought it was because of weight. And though she didn't think much of Quinn's funky side, Mercedes invites Quinn to move in with her family. On the less fuzzy side, a suddenly mean-motivated Will realizes the weakness of his own nemesis and plots to romantically lead Sue on as a means to break her confidence before cheerleading nationals. It works, but Will quickly realizes that the Cheerios need trophies and Sue in order to function. He convinces our champion to return to the ring, where in a way too short segment, we learn that the team once again wins for the sixth consecutive time thanks to Kurt's 14-minute rendition of a Celine Dion song in French. Terry pops up to sign divorce papers and hire Puck and Finn to work at Sheets and Things as they now must pay for the vocal adrenaline Range Rover tires they slashed in a misguided retaliation. It seems like Terry will seduce Finn, but that plot doesn't really go much farther. Lastly, Rachel tries to mend her broken heart, a challenge when Jesse invites her to the parking lot so that he and his backup singers can throw eggs at her. Rather than sob through combing out shelves from her dark locks, Rachel and company heed Will's suggestion to show off their strengths to vocal adrenaline, triumphantly funking out while their rivals watch in terror. And though that wasn't the order of events, or quite possibly the episodes, that's what you missed on Glee. Um, so, funk! We got the funk. We gotta have that funk. funk. Uh, So a couple of different plot threads. Um, Talk about Rachel and Jesse because it was the quickest one. Sure. Um, So this, I think, is I if I had to like make a list of um, problems I had plot wise with season one of Glee, Mm -hmm. how this ended is going to be one because we never got a real breakup scene with them. No. We got the when Jesse was mad at Rachel for um, Run, Joey Run, Run, Joey Run. And then they were back together so that he can lead her to Shelby. Yep. And then this happened. Well, I guess basically, I mean, she kind of found out. Like, do we really need to see it? Found out that sh- that Jesse was in on it? No, on she doesn't Shelby know thing? that. She never proved that she knew that. We don't know that she knows that he was trying to get. Shel- get Shelby and her reconnected. Yeah, but I think when he shows up with vocal adrenaline to sing Another One Bites the Dust to them, and she says, you know, what are you doing? And he's like, I transferred back. I think that kind of says it all. But I think, but she never... What bothers me is that... And it, it wouldn't bother me if, it, if we knew it definitely. Mm-hmm. Rachel doesn't know, or I think we're led to believe that Rachel just thinks Jesse was... I don't know. Was he... According to her, was he using her to get to New Directions? 
I don't think she has any reason to suspect that he was working for Shelby for mom reasons. Because they never had a conversation about that. No, but as soon as she finds out who her mother is, he transfers back. Uh, this is actually, I think, a problem with the episodes because that wouldn't have happened had the Gaga episode been after this. Because in the Gaga episode last week, there was just no Jesse There was just Jessie no Jesse. So if this had happened after, oh yeah. But you know, so then, then suddenly this out. episode starts and we assume like Gaga episode was like a week. So it's like, well, where was Jesse all this time? Oh, now he's back in your direct, uh, vocal adrenaline. I think that's a huge failing of this kind of mismatch of jumping the episodes around. Yeah. Or maybe it was a plot that they just figured, oh, we can just let it go. I, but it it bothered me a lot. It didn't bother me that much. I don't, I mean, I think taking high school relationships for what they are, it doesn't really bother me that we didn't see them actually break up and that he just kind of transferred back. Because I feel like that's the shit that happens in high school. People are just like, eh, I'm going out with her now. Like, I, I want to say yes, but I think... Maybe he changed MySpace status. <laughs> and she knew oh, from honey, that. Come on, high school kids ain't using MySpace anymore. <laughs> um, although Rachel was at the beginning of the she season. Was. That's that's she was, that's why I said MySpace. Right. No, you're right. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I just think it was really messily handled. And I don't know. I want, I don't know. I'm listeners. Let me know if you agree with me, <laughs> but I really feel like they never showed them. And again, I, I don't always need to see those relationships because mm-hmm. the same thing kind of happened with Quinn and Puck. Same thing kind of happened with, um, um, I guess just the two of them. But, and sometimes I'm fine with that. Like, I don't need every second of a relationship on screen in front of me. But mm-hmm. we never saw the breakup. And then, like, look at what it turned into. You know, it turns into the, a big part of this episode, even if it wasn't what, the main um, focus. What episode was before, what happened in Dream On? Were, were they, they Dream were On was, Dream On they were together. There. He comes back to her after Run, Joey, Run. He came back to her to say, like, you know, I'm still here for you. You're going you're gonna to be a star. Here, listen to the tape that is in this box. Like, and that's when he goes into the car to Shelby and tells Shelby, like, you know, I'm starting right. to really like her. I don't know. And then she's like, just another week and then you're done. Like, but, but we don't know. We still don't really know how Jesse ever felt. And I think it's a maybe we see it a little more in the finale that, like, I think he kind of went into this. Automaton response of like, I feel for her, I love her. Oh, whatever. No, I'm a machine. I'm just going to go back to being a machine. But I don't. Well, when he smashes the egg, he tells her he loved her. I don't know. I don't know. No. I'm I'm just clearly a Jesse fan and will defend him just because I like him. I mean, I I mean, I I don't like his actions, but I like. I like the character, and yeah. I like Tim and Rachel together. So. I do, too, and that's why this bothers me so much, I think, <laughs> is that I feel like they didn't get a proper end. But Well, maybe no. it's not ended yet. Maybe not. Maybe he'll bum, be back. Bum, bum. <laughs> Season two. Um, the, the next plot point, do you want to talk about this one yet? Uh, I think we should save that one. Let's okay. talk about... Uh, let's talk or, about... Uh, Terry? No. Com- let's combine your C and D and talk about Terry, Puck, and Finn. Okay. <laughs> um, so I said earlier, I really... Earlier in the season, like, first two or three episodes, I really liked Quinn and, and Finn... Oh, uh, no. Puck, Puck and, Finn. and Finn as friends. Like, I, I liked that, like, Puck was kind of concerned for him. Yeah. Then there was the whole, like, you kind of got the, like, Puck did feel a little bad about sleeping with his girlfriend and yeah. stuff, and I like that. So I was happy to see the two of them kind of rebond again. Even though they 
hate each other and can't remember why. Right, that's right, right, fine, yeah. right. Oh, that's by far my favorite yeah. parts of this episode were, were Puck I, related. I love whenever Puck gets a voiceover. Because I, I just think they're really funny. I agree. One thing I really, I don't know if I ever mentioned it, I love, um, I forget the actor's name, but I love his accent. And Mark I don't Snelling. know if he puts it on for the show or not, but... Mm-hmm. Like he sound, and I don't know where he's from, but like he sounds like what I imagine people from Ohio sound like. <laughs> you know, like just like a, it's not a twang, but it's like a couple of letters that are said a very specific way. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I totally believe he's from that town in Ohio. Um, so now, so Puck and Finn are kind of friends. They're working together. They slash the tires. They slash the tires on Brooklyn Journalist's car. Uh, and um, mm-hmm. they're forced to get a job at Sheets and Things. At Sheets and Things with Terry. Terry. Who's just kind of terrible. He's from to Texas. The, he's from Texas. He's from okay, Dallas. that makes sense. Um, so now, first of all, we see Terry again. We haven't seen Terry in a while. Right, we see them signing the Nobody's really papers. ever happy to see Terry. No. No. But I kind of, there's that moment after they sign the divorce papers where she goes over to talk to him mm-hmm. and she like goes to touch him but doesn't. Yeah. And I just like that moment yeah. a lot because it... You can see that she kind of gets what she did. What she did, yeah. It's, and I mean, she doesn't. The character doesn't re- deserve any redeeming points, but I, I like that. Part. I like that they didn't just make her a monster. Yeah, which is what they were doing the first half of the right. season. And it's a shame because I think, um, I think that actress plays it really well. I don't have a problem with her at all. No, I like her. It a lot. was just like they made her this ridiculous shrew of a woman, and then yeah, in this case, they kind of. They, you know, they kind of proved why, like, because she wanted to keep that 16-year-old boy that she fell in love with in high school. And although it's really pathetic, it Mm. makes you feel for her a little bit, which I think she needed as a character. And then that, you know, you see it again later when she's in the store and they sing Loser, like, she's there singing it too. And she does hate her life. And like, yeah, I would hate her life if I was her. But then she gets really creepy. (laughs) Yeah! I kind of saw it coming, like, as soon as that started happening... And I'm like, oh, yeah, because, I mean, Quint Finn, and, I mean, this comes out next week as well, is sort of, like, you know, the mini Will. Yeah. Like, he's totally meant to be sort of a little image of him. And so it made sense that Terry would look at him and kind of be like, oh, Oh, it's Will. Oh, you're in Glee Club. Oh, you want to talk about Glee Club. I I know you said in the Glee Club. They kind of drop the storyline, and I'm hoping that's a drop storyline so that we could pick it up next season. Oh, even though okay. it's super, super creepy, I'll be really curious if they're going to keep her on next season. Like how they're going to work her in. Um, I think. Well, she... if Finn and Puck have to keep the job, true, true, then she which be they there. could do. Yeah, I mean they're clearly they're not going to work for two months over the summer and make enough money to yeah, pay but it's for Glee. Remember for Finn thirty six. Don't you remember when Finn was working? At, he was working oh, somewhere yeah, else earlier. Yeah, to pay for Quinn's baby. Like, when oh, come on. Out, we just you talked about how they just dropped the Rachel Jesse storyline. Glee drops storylines when know. they decide they're not working. Uh, and I could see them just kind of like next season there being no mention whatsoever of this. Um, I could see like no mention ever again about the fact that Quinn had a baby. Like, <laughs> all of this stuff. Uh, but it is a question with Terry. It's. It's a weird position for an actor and character to be in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she was originally hired as a series, you know, regular, regular and everything. I, I don't know where they're going to go with her. I don't know where her story's going. I'm okay with keeping her on, you know. They just need to find, it, you know, a kind of organic way to put her in a storyline, I guess. Anything else to say about Terry there? Um, I don't think so. I'm looking... 
I'm currently checking the IMDBA uh, to, to see, see if Jocelyn if, Gillig is still uh, contracted on there. Yeah, because you, I mean, you could see like you know, Leah Michelle has 45 episodes, 2009 to, to 2011. Right. So when I'm they curious haven't... to see what she has episode wise, but I can't find her in the um, Jocelyn Gillig. She was on Boston Public, which I watched for like five. Oh, episodes. there she is. She's right at the top. I'm yeah, she has 45 episodes, 2009 to 2011. Ah, so she's, same as everyone. Yeah, else. she's contracted as a regular. I don't know. I mean, it could just be like um, like what the Mets are doing with Oliver Perez, where you have like a baseball player that you paid a lot of money for him, but you don't really want him, so you just put him on the DL and like tell people he's injured. I know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, which which next? B or E? Um, I kind of like B. Let's do E. Okay. Because we kind of did a little bit in the opening. We're going to talk about Quinn and Mercedes. Okay. So now Quinn. Uh, Quinn's storyline here came from her being excited to talk, uh, to sing funk. Yes. And to express herself. And Mercedes being like, bitch, you don't know funk. And that's that was bad. my terribly racist oh impression my of Mercedes. Um, but that's basically what that's she basically did. What her she, attitude was, was. she was like, you're, you don't know what funk you're is. A white girl. You're a white girl from suburbia. But Mercedes is just a black girl from suburbia. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't think Mercedes... It, it, oh, but Mercedes is overweight, so... That's true. She, she knows well, that's pain the whole episode. I, I couldn't... I actually was missed that. Like, I wasn't sure if Mercedes was, was angry at Quinn for the racial thing or weight thing. I think it was both. <laughs> I think so, because Quinn kept just saying, like, you don't know what it's like to be an outcast, which could be when you're fat because you're pregnant. Yeah. Or it could be from the fact that, you know, she's pregnant and therefore not like everyone else. Oh, and a slut. Um, but that's kind of how I took it. Yeah. She was an outcast because, you know, people, she's an unwed pregnant teenage mother. Mm-hmm. Like, and then you, I didn't get it until the second time I watched it. Um, I probably just didn't hear it the first time was when they're sitting there, you know, and having the conversation where Mercedes invites her to come live with her. And, um, there is definitely a line I think Quinn says about, uh, about it being racial and not about weight. Like she says something like, you know, to be born different or something like that. Like it's, uh, she it's says, clear. She says, I've never been a minority. I've been a minority. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think you can, especially in America where like 80% of the population is obese anyway. I don't think you can say being overweight is a minority. Yeah. Um, so I guess I think that that was it when I was suddenly like, oh, okay. So it's definitely a race thing as opposed to just a weight and general looks thing. Yeah. I think it was an odd combination of both. I, it, I mean, I, I, I would have liked it if it was a little clearer, I mm-hmm. guess. I think, I think that whole storyline works. I just think maybe, maybe writing wise is where it needed to be fixed. It just needed to be a little less vague because the whole thing felt very vague between them. Yeah. Cause it, like we said, it was hard to figure out why Mercedes was just so angry. And then, I mean, Quinn even says, like, if I were you, I would just walk around being angry all the time. Yeah. Which I thought was something really interesting to hear uh, on a show about high school when you're saying, in other words, like, you know, wow, if I were black in a really white town, I would be angry all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's just, it feels like something that, like, a white person would say. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I thought Mercedes' reaction was, you know, like... I can't remember what, how, what she said, but I remember being like, oh, that's interesting. Do you she, what she said, said um, it's not, what did she say? I just watched it. Like, no, you watched it this an morning. Hour I watched ago. it yesterday. <laughs> I was hoping your mind was fresher. You're younger. Let me look at my notes. You want to listen to that air conditioning? Nope, I didn't write anything. Yeah, if you also hear a hum, it's because the AC is on because it's way too hot out to not have AC on. Um, 
whatever her response was, it was it was interesting. It was that she she needs to have some place to go to work through that. Maybe is what like she that. wound up telling her okay. about moving in because so then she, she says, "Come move into my brother's Quinn room." Quinn was like, what, "What the other kids say," and then Puck's mom, and that's when Mercedes is like, "You need some place to go to work through that." My brother went to college. You can move in with me. So, which she must have an angel of a mother, because I don't know many mothers who would be like, "Yeah, I'll take in your pregnant." Well, Finn's mother did, and Puck's mother did. Quinn's lived with like three different families in the past season. Finn and Puck's moms both thought that their son got pregnant. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) This is you know some random child that your daughter couldn't have. Actually, no. Honestly, like my parents would. Would they? Yeah, because we've we've had people other like my brothers and sisters have had like friends live with us for like a month or two but for whatever reason, i think so. a pregnant 16 year old is very different than like a friend who needs some place to stay for a little while i don't know though because i think like if, if you if i know if i told my mom mom my friend erica you know my friend erica <laughs> erica got pregnant and her parents kicked her out and like she's living with her boyfriend's family and they're being really mean to her she's gonna have her baby soon you know she's not gonna keep it it's not like she's gonna have a baby in the house but you know this is my friend she's in need she needs a place to stay i know my parents would be like oh yeah that's fine just, you shall have to feed the dogs. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. I don't know, I guess, but I feel like it's a lot of, a lot of responsibility. I think it would be different, I, but see, I think the example you just gave is different, because your mom knows me, we're friends. Mm. Mercedes and Quinn's, like, just started, Mercedes and Quinn's, Mercedes and Quinn just started hanging out. Like, it's not like they've been friends for the past True. eight years. And... But no, I, I give credit, too. I think there are parents out there that would be okay. like, okay, you have, I trust you, you know, I trust that. My parents would trust that I'm not going to bring in, like, um, squeaky foam into the house or something, you know. Okay. Um, should we go into the last storyline? <laughs> Will boom, chicka, I, I love this. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So funny. And I just, Jane Lynch, I give her so much credit because she, she pulled off all those, like, awkward moments and looks like so yeah there, she she was great in this episode and i mean and her sitting at breadsticks with her pearls on in her dress i love the little pearls it like totally made me feel you know feel bad for her which and is just, hard to yeah. do and like you said her looks every time like yeah when will's like did you feel anything she's like no not at all and like you saw it and and it wasn't like she gave it away it was just you looked at her face and you knew oh no she's yeah. cracking she's cracking and she just had, she didn't have like a ton of lines. It was just, it, it was, was all very physical. Yeah. Yeah. Physical. And, and for somebody who's known for giving a good one liner, like that's been Sue's thing is Sue can give a zinger yeah. really well. And she couldn't. Yeah. And in this episode, she had very few. Yeah. Like, because it was just, she was off her game and it was great to see an actor play that. Yeah. I agree. Mm hmm. Um, this episode was really creepy and uncomfortable for a lot of reasons, though, I have to say. It was very much like an Office episode. It was like when the Office goes for, like, the whole, like, hey, Mrs. Scout, what you gonna do? What you gonna do to make her dreams come true? (laughs) Like, where you're just sitting there like, ugh. (laughs) Yeah, I felt that a lot in this episode. Yeah. Oh, let's talk about the song. So we can talk about the other moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's two moments like that, but okay. First song was not one of those. First song? Another one bites the dust. Ah, the Junkyard Donks theme song. Okay, you're not, you didn't grow up with WWF, right? Oh. You have a little brother, not big brothers. If you grew yeah. up with big brothers, you grew I up with liked, WWF. I, well, I watched the WWF, but I only liked Hulk Hogan. Oh. I didn't like, wow. and then I had a traumatizing experience that involved a Hulk Hogan bar, and I stopped watching what altogether. 
I don't want to talk about it. Oh my <laughs> god! Like a Hulk Hogan, like the ice cream bar, like the ice cream bar. Yeah. I happened to be eating one when something really awful happened, and I was like, I don't want this, <laughs> and I stopped watching wrestling. Wow! <laughs> so now we totally know how to tap into Erica's dark side. <laughs> Offer the girl a Hulk Hogan ice cream bar, and those things are good too. I know I have the cookie on the outside. One of um, right. um one of our Twitter friends has that as uh, like his background. I can't remember who it is. Really? And every time I see it, I really want one, <laughs> even though the idea of them are kind of strange because it's like you're eating a man with no shirt but um <laughs> anyway okay so another one by Sadat delve into like the dark psychosis of America <laughs> by vocal adrenaline by vocal adrenaline see I, another one by Sadat I always like because it was my favorite wrestler when I was a kid it was a junkyard dog and it was his theme song um but this is actually my least favorite Queen song huh. I like Queen a lot but I don't know something about this song I just okay. I think it's because I knew it <laughs> you're gonna hate me for this I knew it first I didn't Weird Al do a cover of it um, he did another uh, one rides the bus, and I think another one rides the bus. I think yeah. I knew it first as that, and it like annoyed the crap out of me oh, as a child. So now when I hear the real version, it still bothers me. I, I'm in case I, I feel like this is very predictable yeah, about I, me, I but to the world, I'm a big fan of Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, I don't know, I but uh, but I enjoyed the performance. I mean, I I'm a Jesse fan, so yeah. I liked and I like seeing Vocal Adrenaline perform. I like that uh, what they've been doing with Vocal Adrenaline, and they do it again in the finale. What they're very consistent about showing what they do and what mm-hmm. they can do. Vocal Adrenaline, they're not gifted vocalists. Like for all of no, it's you know, all about their name, it is all about the theatricality. It's all about the dancing. It's all about the choreography. And that's what this one showed off. Yeah. You know, it was vocally, it's not a hard song. It's not, um, you know, a song to show off your vocals. But, uh, it, you know, they did ri- ri- ridiculous choreography, and it was impressive. Yep. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the next song <laughs> was my, my first. favorite. <laughs> I feel really uncomfortable watching this. I felt really uncomfortable, too, but I was really enjoying it until he got super close to Sue. And then I was like, oh, no. Yeah, this is Will singing, tell, tell me something, something good. good. Ow! To Sue. And um, my note, as Eric can see, my outline, <laughs> my only note is Will's ass. Because, like, that was just front and center the whole time. prominently. He was doing, like, these little wiggles and, like, grinding. And it was weird. I loved it. And then he, like, right, whipped but off really his jacket. Weird. I loved it. Yeah. Until he started rubbing on Sue, and then it got really weird. Yeah. It's like if anybody, it's a kind of thing, like, we talked about the whole, like, romantic comedy thing, where if anybody actually does that, it's stalking. Mm-hmm. If anybody ever sang this song to me like that, I don't <laughs> care if it was, like, Clive Owen or Viggo Mortensen, I would still be really <laughs> uncomfortable. Uh, I like that. Yeah. The next song was, oh, do we have anything else It was to really exciting. One? No. The next um, song was super exciting. was my favorite. Uh, my favorite moment of the episode. Um... It was Loser by loser Beck. Loser by Beck. Saying at Sheets, Sheets and, and things. things. Not to be confused with a store that no longer exists. Yes. Um, but it was really exciting because we saw them sing somewhere other than school or home. Yeah, which is, that was my note with yeah. a new setting. Um, I made that note also. Yeah. There was something about this episode that felt like a callback to the first half. And maybe it was just I started rewatching mm-hmm. the first couple episodes. But this episode, I guess because of Terry and because of Sheets and Things and because of Sandy, yeah. it felt really in line with the first half of the season. I agree. Um, but we never saw them sing in Sheets and Things. Yeah. And it was so much fun. Or anywhere, for that matter, other than the school or at their house. Or the roller rink. We did have the roller ring cabaret. True, but that wasn't the kids. That's true. Yeah. So it's a, I think it's a little different. And this, like, because they had props, you mm-hmm. know, 
Um, they could really play and have fun. Um, and then I love the end moment where Puck is, you know, air guitaring and Terry's just like, <laughs> what's wrong with him? I thought Jews were supposed to be smart. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this was like, I wanted this to go on. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't want it to end. Uh, it just, it felt really like, because again, I liked it being a Puck Finn duet. Yep. Because it's something you really haven't seen. I like when the guys sing in groups. I know you do. I know. It's just cute. I don't know. That's right. Because I even liked what it feels like to be a girl. Yeah. Um, But yeah, this was such a great moment. Yep. Yeah. And then the theme, they played the music later on in the episode, too. Yeah, they did. At a really appropriate time. installed in Will's choir room. Which I thought was so great. Yeah. Yeah. So then we have the most awkward moment in Glee history. I would agree with that. This was, all I could think as I was watching this. Uh, was when um, I wrote the note down in the first half of the season at the finale during sectionals after uh, we know if we remember back to sectionals there was the one school where the it was school, school. For the deaf and so they sang with like sign language and like slightly off key um, and when the judges were in the room the one judge like the beauty queen judge is like I don't get why they let those those handicapped kids perform. It just made me feel really uncomfortable. <laughs> and that's how I felt watching this. Yeah. The first time. Really? I felt yeah. uncomfortable both times. I felt less uncomfortable the second. Well, no. Well, no. I still felt uncomfortable, but... Okay, so this was, by the way, it's a man's, 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 man's world. Uh, and Quinn sings it. Yeah. Which um, she does a fine job with the vocals. She I does. don't have a problem with her vocals. Yeah. And it's, I don't have a problem with her performance. I don't either. It's um, what's going on around her. <laughs> what's going on around her, for those who don't know, is the Unwed Teen Mother Coalition of Ohio, yes, yeah. which is a bunch of young women who are, who are like in all, not, not just that like they're pregnant, not they're, pregnant. All, they're all eight, eight months, months pregnant. pregnant. <laughs> they are all like... Ready no. to burst. And the kind of thing where, like, you never sit next to the, you never get into an elevator with any of them. Yeah. Um, and they're all dancing, like, in stretch pants. And it's it's not just that they're dancing, because them dancing goes, hey, you know, that's clever. It's that as they're dancing, there's, like, close ups of their bellies. Yeah. And they're literally, at one point, like, if Eric and I were facing each other, <laughs> they the, orbit the, around the each orbit, other. They're orbiting. <laughs> yes. The bellies are orbiting around one another. Um, I was really waiting for somebody to do, like, the, the like, you know, like, you know, old, old school, when, like, you have, like, two guys run and do the body, mm-hmm. body smash. I was waiting for them to do that, <laughs> just for babies to, like, shoot out of both of them. And then, if that wasn't uncomfortable enough, they start doing Lamaze breathing to the song. Yeah, that's right. They're like, <laughs> it's part of the song, and it's so weird. It was real, and it was like the way the lighting was very, um, it was very soul, moody. Very moody. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you're watching this, like, you're wondering, I'm like, are people just supposed to find this, like, hot? No. Are people just supposed to find it impressive? They're doing, like, ballet moves at one point. Mm-hmm. Um,. It was really bizarre. Yeah, I was just laughing because it was like nervous laughter because I didn't know what else to do. Yeah, it was like I really wanted it to end. Yeah. Um, and then everybody gets up and gives Quinn this awkward hug, including Will, which I don't. And it's funny because I didn't. Know, the first time I watched it, I didn't think the hug was. It was like okay, you know, there she finished. Like she really put herself out there. Mm-hmm. She's really like saying like. I, you know, feel really powerless, everything else. So, yeah, they would hug her. Okay. But the second time around, I, like, did. I looked at their faces, and when everybody hugged her, Everyone, I think it was the fact that everybody felt just as uncomfortable as we were. Maybe. Because, like, nobody was smiling. Everybody was just like, hug. It hug, just okay. looked like everyone, 
felt bad for her. And I don't necessarily think that was the point of the song. Yeah. It was to be empowered and be like, you know what? You people wouldn't be here if it wasn't for women. And I'm I'm a strong woman yeah. because I'm I'm having a baby. Right. We're stronger because we got to carry these things around. So I, I feel like applause would have been more appropriate at the end and rather than this yeah. like... I'm sorry. Pat your back. (laughs) To further show just how bizarre it was. Now, we always get reaction shots of everybody watching and everybody looked uncomfortable. Even Mike Chang, who's normally enthusiastic about everything, (laughs) was kind of just had a really blank look on his face. It was weird. And I don't ever want to see it again. Nope. Um, I almost fast forwarded through it today, but I was like, I should probably watch it again. I'm glad I, again, the second time it, the what, but I guess what I the second time around like I the music made a little more sense I was able to like focus on Quinn a little more and I liked mm. that but it was just the bum 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 <laughs> yes just really really weird and um weird weird I think but then we have like the best thing ever oh next. yeah the finale of this episode was really well, no adorable. you're skipping oh, one I'm, I am. Did I not write it down? Good vibrations. Oh, no, no, no. That's right. Yeah. No, good vibrations. Which I love. Good vibrations was adorable. Again, it I was... love the costuming during this this song because they were wearing like the totally 90s totally like, shiny like, jacket. Like the shiny jacket that you roll and up they had to your elbows. The, the classic Adidas shell tops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Loved it. And, uh, and this, yeah. it was sung well. It was, you know, dance, Finn danced. Yep. Um, Which I, apparently, he's a break dancer because he did, was doing break dancing moves during the last moves. number two. Yeah, yeah. I loved the, the duetting. Oh, and Finn still can't dance. Finn still can't dance. I was watching the two of them dancing, like, next <laughs> to each other, and I was like, oh. This kind of jumps. Yeah. You know, I was like, that's bad. At this point, like, and again, this is finale stuff, but, like, it is, like, the joke of Glee Club yeah. is that Finn really doesn't He dance. really can't. No. Uh, but this was just fun. Yep. Mike Chang was very enthusiastic. Of course he was. He was He's doing the background stuff. <laughs> yeah. And I like that it really did cheer them up. Like, you could see the kids as you were watching. Because I think this is the point when Brittany has on, like, her, her, her uniform, uniform on backwards. backwards. And, like, everybody's in a funk. The Cheerios are in a funk for one reason, and mm-hmm. everybody else is in a funk for another reason. And I like, like, looking at the face of the Glee Club. Like, this was making them happy, and yeah. I liked seeing that. It made me happy. And then Will had to be like, that's not fun. Yeah, right? Fuck you, Will. Whatever, Will. Cunt. <laughs> now should we get to the other exciting moment? I like the last I, one. The last number is my favorite. It's the song I've listened to most in the car. Really? Yeah, I really enjoyed oh. it. And I loved all their really funny. I don't like, think this is one I'll ever like put on myself. I'll put it on like, really? a party mix. It's but... really, really fun. Huh. I, it's just a lot of fun when you're driving. It's okay, like... I can see that. To me, it was more fun. Like The dancing was what was fun about it. Yeah. Especially the like final dance solo breakage. Yep. Where like, Brittany and Mike Chang both got to do splits. Yeah. You know? It was super exciting. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. And again, everybody on stage was having a great time, yeah. which I loved. It was them doing what they do mm-hmm. and having fun and showing emotion. Yeah, Matt had a moment. Yes, he did. He did. Um, yeah, yeah, he had a lot of moments. He had a lot of close-ups during this he number. Did. Yeah, I wonder if it was like if they were trying to do the whole like, oh, funk. He's black. black. <laughs> I don't know. Just saying. Um, but it was it was fun. It was cute. It was I liked. Like you're watching it, and you were just rooting for them the whole yeah. time. Because this, I think now you hate vocal adrenaline so much. My favorite ending to an episode. Because a lot of times we get those like oh I don't know I've, I've somebody to love moments by far. Well, you're rewatching the beginning of the season. I know. I haven't watched it in a while. Okay. But I really, I enjoyed it a lot. And then I love, you know, the shot of Jesse and the randomly 35-year-old girl yeah. who's still in high school. But that makes 
makes sense because didn't vote. You know what though? And again, this is partially because I'm rewatching the series. But remember in the beginning, back when he first, when Will brings April on, yeah. he's like, he gets the idea because he meets this kid that's been in vocal adrenaline for like 10 years yep. and they just keep failing him so he can stay in vocal adrenaline. So it makes sense that it there'd does. be like 40 year olds in there. But then I love, you know, Jesse's line. He's like, we, they did a funk number. We can never do a, funk. we can never pull off a funk number. And she's like, that's because we're soulless automatons. I yeah. love it. I do too. Yeah. Um, so those, that was the music. Yep. Your high points. High points. Uh, I can't remember if we've addressed the recaps of the episode in the beginning. I think we did a couple We did, times, okay. And they were good, yeah. Yeah, and they're sometimes really funny, just yep. the whole, like, what you missed on Glee. And this week I liked, because it was, like, the guy, like, okay, you know, what you missed on Glee? Uh, Will's terrible wife, Terry. Well, yeah. she's not terrible. She's just kind of terrible. Because, yeah, she is terrible. Yeah, she is. <laughs> we all know that. Um, early on when Artie is talking about how the Ohio show choir chat room is buzzing, um, about New Directions, I really like that there is a, an Ohio show choir chat room. I do also. Yeah. Um, a couple of great puck lines. Can I go shirtless under this apron? Yeah. That was a great one. I was like, yes, please. I really wanted the answer to be yes, (laughs) just because it would have been great. Yep. Um, <laughs> Puck says to Sandy, Sandy, which is, you're not going to fondle us, are you? <laughs> which, again, like, it's, a, Glee has a, is a, toes a really weird line of appealing to, trying to get this, like, teenage audience, yep. but also having, like, you know, a, a character that's essentially, you know, was a possible child molester. Um, and making, like, a really funny joke about it. Yeah. Not that that's funny, but it was in the episode. Um, I also, like, this might have actually been a fin line uh, regarding Terry. You'd be a total MILF if it weren't for the whole fake pregnancy thing. I, that was, I think it was... Was it Puck or Finn? That doesn't feel like Finn. It doesn't feel like Finn, I think but like, I feel like she... He, because maybe. Finn is the one she sort of kind of tries to seduce. Um, yeah. But yeah, it does seem like something more puckle. I can't remember who said it, but it was a good line. Because, you know, she's not a MILF. Because she's not a mother. She's fake pregnancy. Um, I enjoyed when Will broke Sue's trophy. Oh, yeah. Just smashed it. It was it was another, like, Sue, you that's dropped what you gotta trophy. do, Will. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, Will puts up with a lot. He kind of has to, because he's a teacher, because of this, you know. But I like to see him every once in a while. And he like it's like he knows when... He can push it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also, a a couple of lines that I loved were Kurt saying, I'm so depressed I wore the same outfit twice this week. Right. It's just one of my Kurtisms I love. Was this the episode where we had on the red leather or was that next week? Um, I don't think it was this week. Okay. Okay. It's next week. I wrote it in, if I, which would, it should have been in my notes. So it must have been the finale. Um, and then I love, I love when, Mercedes is kind of criticizing Finn, uh, not Finn, Quinn, for wanting to do funk. And she's like, when white people try to do funk, it's Casey and the uh, Casey and the Sunshine Band. And you get a very quick shot at Artie, and he goes, I love boogie shoes. I <laughs> totally <laughs> didn't get to that. <laughs> it's great. Aww. He's like, I love boogie shoes. And he's just really excited about it. And I think it's funny that he likes boogie shoes because he's in a wheelchair. Aww. Um, the, I liked... Um, Sue, the close-ups of when Sue's writing in her journal, like, you just see, like, her drawings mm-hmm. that she makes, and it's all, like, Will, you know, with no head and everything. And she writes that she has sexy, non-murdering feelings. Right, right, right. 
Uh, Sue's journal in general is always great. Yeah. I wish they, they should publish it and put it out. That would it would. I want so to much. read. Well, wait, what is it? You're fat and I win. The name oh. for autobiography. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, actually, no. Oh my god, am I crazy? Did I make this up um, just now in my head, or have I read that they are actually putting out? They're putting out some form of Glee book. I don't know. It may be. I think I. Oh, I might be getting this confused. I feel like on one hand they're doing like books aimed at like teenagers about glee but i think they may actually be putting out a sue something unless that's a dream i had maybe let's see what happens when we type sue sylvester into amazon bum, 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 bum. not much nah. way to fail me amazon but we get assassins with Sylvester Stallone and Daniel Banderas, Julianne Moore. Oh, I thought you meant assassins. Watch it now. Sondheim musical, which no, is a I pretty great but That's musical. an odd thing to get when you type in Sue Sylvester. Did you see the trailer um, for The Expendables? They aired it during the yeah. soccer game. I saw exciting. it. I saw it before a movie. Oh, well, sorry. I don't go to the movies. I go to the movies like every movies week. Movies are too it's far so sad. Um... Um, yeah, those were my high points. Did you have any other high points? Yeah, nope, I think those are mine. Okay. My low points, um, I discussed already, the Jesse-Rachel breakup ship. Oh, I forgot that one line that I liked, um, that Kurt had regarding Rachel, which was like, Rachel's one of us, we're the only ones who get to humiliate her. Because it's so the kind of thing that, like, my friends have said about me before. (laughs) Like, where it's like, you know, only we get to make fun of Emily. Yeah. That kind of thing. So... I like that. I did like that. Uh, I and I like that they say we're going to go all brave hard on those vocals. Yeah, <laughs> that was great. Um, I did not like that we did not get to see the Cheerios 14 minutes Celine Dion routine. True. Maybe they'll release it as a deleted scene. That would be great if they did. <laughs> uh, Viva la France, I think is what, uh, what... What did Kurt say when he's being interviewed? I don't know. <laughs> I, th- I think he just said Viva la France, but I don't really know. <laughs> don't it was know. cute. He did a kick. Yeah. Um, Did you have any other low points? I don't think points? I had any low points. I, I didn't have any real problems with the episode. Yeah, for me, the problem was the plotting of, especially the Rachel Jesse thing. It just, it felt, in especially when you looked at the last, like, four episodes together, I feel like there was a missing scene somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, and that bothered me. Um, but it, what it, I think what it, this episode did really well, and it's hard to kind of remember it now that it's been a month, is it did really lead you into being excited yeah. for regionals. Being super excited yeah. for regionals. Um, how that turned out, I we'll talk know. about next week. <laughs> That's right. I don't know. Do you think they I don't know what happened? happened? I don't even know what can happen. <laughs> Um, but that's, yeah, that's yeah, most that's of what we have to say. Um, uh, I apologize again for the delay in the episode. We do, yeah. It just, time so, goes really fast and it got away from me and I, lots of stuff going on. Life is what happens when you're making other plans, man. Yeah. I'm letting it best. A few closing points to make, I would say. Um, so we will be back next week. Yes. We'll be recording an episode on the finale of Gilly. So if you do have feedback to add about that, please do send it yes. to gleecast at gmail.com. And answer the question, who is the MVP? Who, yeah. I think, I mean, we're going to try and talk, do a couple of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a, in addition to the MVP, write about your favorite Glee number. Because I think number? we're going to yeah. do, do a list, right? Oh, oh my God, we are? Okay. We've That's... briefly discussed it. We'll do a list of our favorite, sure we did. Our favorite Glee number. Yes, we did an email with Mel. <laughs> Oh, that I was like a month and a half ago. My goodness, I know, but we woman. discussed it. 
Um, I'm old. My high school reunion's coming up. That's how old I am. Forget you, things now. Well, would you like to do a list of our favorite Glee performances? Okay, let's do So we're going to do a list of our favorite Glee performances. We'll do a top five. Top okay. five sounds good. All right. So um, if you want to give us your you top five, please out do. there to send in a top five or just your list of your favorite Glee musical number, yep. send us in your MVP. Yep. Um, you can do that via MP3. You can. Yes, we do have. Next week we'll have an exciting MP3 from, from one half of the Gentleman's Guide yeah. to the Night. Oh, Cinema. Exciting baby news! Yes, congrats. we send our heartfelt congrats to the samurai over at the gentleman's guide to midnight cinema and his lovely wife and his lovely wife and his new baby. And his new baby. <laughs> he has a baby boy, and it's exciting. I know, it's very exciting. So congrats, congrats! Um, this episode is dedicated to the little samurai. <laughs> little little man. Joe. That's right. <laughs> uh, we can be reached on Twitter. Um, I am at Erica's name. I am at Deadly Dolls. And our... Yeah, forums. We have forums. We're at Pop Syndicate. PopSyndicate.com. And you can reach us, um, email at GleeCast with K, K at, at gmail.com. Gmail. Um, I feel like we're forgetting something. Really important. We're forgetting something important, aren't we? Are we're we forgetting, forgetting something important. important, you can put it in the show notes. Okay. Or you guys can email and tell me what I forgot. Yeah. Okay. We will see you next week. Cool. We promise that this time we're not lying. Yeah, we're not lying. There's set plans, even though it's That's right. July. I am going to write it in pen. Yep. Happy birthday, America. Fuck you. We have more important things to worry about. We <laughs> cast. All, All right. right. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Can you feel it, baby? I can, too.
street, so put the crack up. No need for speed, I'm anti. D-R-U-G-G-I-E, my body is healthy. My rock make me wealthy, and the funky bunch helps me to bring you a show with no intoxication. Come on, feel the vibration. Yeah. Can you feel it, baby? I can't do Your behind moves to what I'm inclined to. Pure hip hop, 